Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Do you know how many pounds of fabric get thrown out around the world? Well, picture this. It's about one big garbage truck full of clothes being dumped in landfills every second. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Americans throw away a staggering amount of clothes every year, about 80 pounds per person. And that doesn't even include other fabric, sheets, towels, blankets, you name it. And here's the thing, fabric is actually pretty hard to recycle. So when you throw it away, it just sits in landfills. While we can decrease the amount of fabric we throw away, some waste is inevitable. And one weaver has decided to try something to take on this problem and do it in a community fashion. As part of our Chicago Innovator series, we're talking with Emily Winter, director and co-founder of The Weaving Mill, who's been working on a people-powered solution to the massive fabric waste problem. Emily, first, tell us about The Weaving Mill and why you started it. Yeah, so The Weaving Mill is an artist-run industrial weaving studio in Humboldt Park, and we do a variety of projects and programs. We produce fabric, home goods, apparel, And we are uh, partnered with Envision Unlimited, which is a social services agency here in Chicago that works with adults with developmental disabilities. So we run a hand-weaving program uh, in partnership with Envision. Oh, that's cool. Tell us more about what that looks like, the program. Yeah, so it's called the WEFT program. And we have uh, weekly hand-weaving classes where we're working with day program participants on uh, designing and making fabric, which we Uh, We produce tote bags, blankets, uh, placemats, rugs, all kinds of handwoven goods, which we sell uh, around town. So I I set this up a little bit, but I want you to go in more depth here describing this problem of uh, textile waste more broadly uh, and how it factors into the decisions that you make. Absolutely. Yeah. So as a... um, Fairly, you know, large scale weaving operation uh, in the grand scheme of things. We definitely produce waste. And a lot of the studio ethos at the weaving mill is really trying to look holistically at the materials that we're using and the waste that we produce and come up with circular sort of methods for working with the what you might call byproducts and Mm -hmm. kind of finding new life for them. So we have a lot of different sort of streams within the studio by which we can move material around and find new uses for it. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's always that pile of scrap that is too small. Yeah. So like, how do you approach that as an artist? I'm thinking, you know, the fact that there will inevitably be scrap, right. You know, from your art, but no matter how careful you are, there are materials that, you know, you've got to use some, right. So how do you decipher? Yeah, totally. So as you can, as you just said, like uh, no matter how sort of zero waste minded, and weaver, or a textile artist, or fiber artist is, there yeah. is always that leftover material that doesn't really have a use. And so you can sort of run through the the gamut of possible sort of, you know, projects or uses for that material. But at a certain point, really the most effective thing to do is to shred it and make sort of small pieces even smaller. And so globally, as you mentioned, with like the sort of the larger scale problem of recycling textiles, shredding is one of the main ways that textile waste is dealt with and it's shredded into smaller pieces. And there's a whole history of this, the shoddy manufacturing um, uh, movement in the 19th century and all these sort of ways of making fiber waste smaller and then turning it into insulation and packaging and all these kinds of things. And at the weaving mill, we, you know, initially sort of 
looked into, considered trying to acquire a commercial shredder mm-hmm. and ran into some of the limitations of that, largely in the sense that they're really expensive. They're giant. They're noisy. They're incredibly dangerous. Because commercial shredding, that's usually that's the method that's used on a, on a large scale. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 And so those are giant, crazy shredders that you can like drop, you know, hundreds of pounds of material in and it'll make it into much smaller pieces. Which but is that's really not an bad. option for you. Right. It's not an option for us. And so we kind of dialed it back and started working on this people powered shredder, which uh, is really designed to deal with waste at the scale at which it's produced. People powered Sounds exhausting. Well, Sasha, <laughs> you should know. <laughs> Why, Emily? Why should I know? No. <laughs> it's not like I was at the weaving mill yesterday hanging out with you and treadling, your... <laughs> treadling, treadling away. Yeah. So, you know, part of this was thinking about when we think about sort of dealing with waste streams, not adding another sort of energy sucking large scale industrial machine to the arsenal of large scale industrial machines. But really, again, as I said, kind of dialing it back, slowing it down. And part of this is, as much as this project is about actually shredding material and making a workable byproduct, it's also about kind of making an opportunity for people to mm, confront maybe or engage with or encounter sort of the fact of waste and how we can deal with it. So Mm -hmm. the people-powered shredder, it requires uh, about four or five people to operate it. It's a treadle-powered shredding machine. So we have a large treadle uh, sort of like an old school sewing machine treadle, but much larger. Mm-hmm. And you sit four people, uh, two facing two and treadle like a seesaw. And this drives a flywheel, which then drives a shredding mechanism. And it's, it's pretty big. I saw it yesterday and it was, it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. And it's all wood. It's, it's wood and metal. Yep. Wood and metal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've got a, a metal flywheel, metal shredding, and then the whole sort of case of the machine is, is wood. So I took this field trip to the weaving mill yesterday and I tried out the shredder in person. So why don't we go ahead and listen to a bit of how that went? You and Eric Newman, who is the person who designed the shredder, you walked us through how it works. Right now it's set up to be driven by four people and operated by one person. Okay. So the four drivers sit uh, two by two facing each other on either side of the treadle and basically pump this treadle platform up and down. That spins the mechanism. It's, there's a system of chains and gears that, that gear down that, the rate of that because basically we need to amplify the torque that the people are generating in because the the industrial shredders the smallest one is like five horsepower and we have with four people we may have half a horsepower so we're we're well under power so we have to amplify that by slowing everything down i see so there's a system of gears and uh, sprockets and chains that gear everything down so it's about i think i calculated it's about a 14 to 1 ratio of the final shredder and the uh, the operator stands at the other side of the machine and feeds fabric into some rollers that pull it into these shredders. Very interesting. I'm hearing originally this was supposed to be a bike. Yes. We decided against it due to the fact that when, when a number of people are working cooperatively, pedaling, if you've ever ridden a tandem bicycle with somebody you don't like, <laughs> there is a tendency to get your shins caught up. So we're like, we just want to make it as safe as possible mm-hmm. and as gentle as possible and as pleasurable a machine to just sit here and basically kind of relax and do a little bit of work at the same time. Makes sense to me. Well, there are five of us here. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking 
I'll be a driver and okay. <laughs> let's get this thing let's going. Let's treadle. Right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> treadle. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So we've got our feet on this board mm-hmm. and I'm just going to follow your lead. Great. All right. Okay. Kendall's going to start. There it goes. Let's go over the top. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm in a playground? You Oh my gosh. It's a leg powered seesaw. Oh, this is so cool. Are we going over fast? Uh, are we going fast? Yeah. Sorry, this is too much. It's the excitement. It's the excitement. Okay, I'm going to put a piece of fabric here. Do it. All right. A piece of fabric. Pulling it down. going into the cutters, so be ready to push a little bit. Keep the same speed, but just pull harder. Basically, there's like a whole giant global industry based around making small things smaller, you know, and it's like small. In some ways, like a small thing is more useful than a medium-sized thing in a way. It sort of like turns waste into a raw material in its own right. And so that's essentially what we're doing is taking our unuseful waste materials, scrap materials, and then making them into their own sort of micro byproduct, which we're then experimenting with different ways to give it new life. So through paper making, using it as pillow stuffings, compressing it, turning it into other things, basically trying to sort of build a process here whereby we can take our unusable things, turn it into a new byproduct, and then make other things. Mm -hmm. No waste. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal. (laughs) We had way too much fun with that. I think we had just enough fun, actually. (laughs) Didn't realize how hard I was laughing, Emily. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Until hearing that It's kind of infectious, I feel like. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, shout out to Eric and, uh, who designed the machine and and Kendall, uh, who was there as well, you know, as our fourth person sort of helping Mm -hmm. us, uh, treadle, uh, reset producer Linnea as well, who helped put this all together. This was definitely, uh, it felt in the moment, Emily, like a communal process, right? And and like you said, that's the goal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely, as you heard in the tape, there's a lot of communication, you know, the person driving the machine, Eric Telling us, slow down. Slow down. Or we're going too fast. Or yep. we're going backwards. <laughs> yeah, definitely going backwards is, is an <laughs> issue. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of communication. And, and the idea with this, as I was saying earlier, is really that it's not so much that we're coming up with a solution to deal with the textile waste problem writ large. This is not the scale of this machine and this solution is not something where we can you know, shred all of Chicago's unwanted textiles, right? right? It's really about working at a smaller, more local scale and kind of thinking about building a system that works with specifically the weaving mill ecosystem and our sort of more localized community and the waste that we produce and coming up with, um, yeah, as I was saying earlier, kind of like holistic integrated systems to deal with that waste material. And so it's definitely a communal communal process. And and talk about how long uh, this has been in the making as far as making this people-powered shredder? Because I know Eric has been through a few versions. Oh, definitely. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of by pro- or not by prototypes, excuse me, prototypes and troubleshooting. So we started working in earnest about a year ago. The idea germinated quite a while ago. And then we were very lucky to get some funding from the Design Museum of Chicago and the Mart through the, and the D-Case also, uh, 
and Neocon, uh, all funders of the Designing a Better Chicago program. So that grant really made this project possible. So major, major thanks to everybody at Designing a Better Chicago. Uh, Yeah, but we've been working on it for about a year. And the machine is about 95%. You know, we're still it's 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 one of those things where I think it's going to be as we continue to use it and work with it, we're going to learn more about how to work with it and how to make it. Well, that sound that we were hearing. Yeah. Eric says he's working on on getting getting rid of that. And he thinks he already has the fix. Yeah. Yeah. Which was encouraging. Totally. Yeah. And it's just a process of, as I said, working with the machine and learning, learning what it how it wants to work and adapting. Yeah. Well, what has the community response been to the shredder? Because you mentioned yesterday when I saw you, you said people are excited for this thing, but talk to us about that. How have you been showing them how it works? Yeah. Yeah. So people are definitely excited. And I think part of that is people are very hungry for a, a place to uh, discard their textile waste. Which we have to <laughs> Are be... they coming in for tours? or Not yet. So the, the, we're just installing the machine this month at the weaving mill, and we will be open this weekend on Saturday for an open house from 12 to 6. So folks are welcome to come over then to visit the studio and see the shredder in action. And um, yeah, so people have been, you know, it's just that slow word of mouth spread. I think nice. the people power definitely hooks hooks a lot of people and piques their curiosity. Definitely piques, piques their ears. Yeah. And I love what you said before, right? This is not a fix for the whole industry. This is just an opportunity for you to think outside the box and think of what is at your disposal to, you know, to try to make a dent in the problem. Yeah. And I think part of it also is, uh, you know, large, larger scale shredders can be, you know, at minimum $60,000 for an industrial shredding machine. And, you know, we built this machine mostly with available materials. The only thing we had custom made was the shredder blades. We had those cut and, and heat treated. Uh, but this is definitely something that if this process is intriguing to other fiber artists or studios or community groups, like this is something that conceivably with, you know, some skill, but not an out, out, not out of reach amount of skill, one could build and install in their own studio. So this is really about sort of dispersed solutions that operate at a slightly smaller scale. Are you hoping to inspire other artists and makers? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So part of this project, as we sort of finalize the design and the functionality, is to produce a booklet zine kind of talking about the process of building the machine, its core elements, and then some of the projects that we're making with the byproducts. And that will be something that hopefully will get people's brains going. I'm wondering how the fabric shredder uh, takes on something that's a chore and transforms it. Totally. Yeah, it is. um, You know, I find for me as as somebody who enjoys making things and enjoys sort of repetitive processes, there's something that's really kind of uh, like fun and also like a little bit. uh, It's it's I feel like sometimes the best conversations that I have with people are when we're all kind of working on something that's a little bit mindless, you know, so you kind of have like part of your brain is focused on whatever that little task is. Maybe mm-hmm. it's truddling. Something maybe that you can do in your sleep. Chopping <laughs> onions, you know, whatever it is. That right. If everybody's kind of like working on their little project, that sometimes that kind of opens up a sort of more uh, comfortable conversational method or whatever. And so there's something about the shredder where you're sitting there and you're working together and it is goofy. Like you heard us all laughing. Like we're, it, it, it really is just like a giant, you know, seesaw that you're pushing with your legs. And so you're reacting to the machine itself. You're kind of 
responding and reacting to the people that you're working with. And there's definitely a very playful aspect to it. And in the design process, Eric was looking at a lot of playground equipment, even to think about the power generation, Mm. which is just kind of, you know, part of it's just really basic power mechanics that this machine is using. And so going back to basics to the playground is makes a lot of sense. I loved it. I certainly loved it. I was, man, I even broke a little bit of a sweat there, (laughs) which was good. So what's next for the weaving mill? Oh, great question. We're working on a number of new projects. Getting that that people power shredded from 95% to 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That's Emily Winter, co-founder and director of The Weaving Mill. We also heard from Eric Newman, who's a designer, fabricator, repairer, and instructor at the Designed Objects Department at SAIC. Thank you, Emily. Oh, my God. Thanks, Sasha. That was fun. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Meha Ahmad. Be sure to check out all of our Innovator series this week by subscribing to our podcast. And if you know someone who would enjoy Reset, share our show with them. Okay, that's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.